Premier Kathleen Wynne decided that she would uh, give us a bit of a break yesterday. The Liberals, of course, cutting our electricity bills or hydro bills by 25%. And really, they're not cutting it. There's no solution. They're just prolonging the agony over a longer period of time. And it will cost us billions of dollars in order, in the long run, uh, in order to stretch this out so you feel a little less pain. uh, To the tune of $1.5 billion a year in uh, interest payments. And so uh, I know that yesterday we, we were talking about this on the air and someone said, I just want people to repeat $1.5 billion a year over and over and over again so that we understand that the break now isn't really, uh, you know, a break. We're going to be paying in the long run for this. And then I opened up my email today and I got an email from a guy named Rick Carlson who lives in Coburg and he said that... Uh, Renesola is a solar company, has taken over from Green Life Solar, is still signing contracts with the Ontario government. It's in our local paper out in Coburg, where a farmer um, is upset because there is a solar farm going up to, next to his farm. Uh, the land is zoned, apparently if the land is zoned agricultural 1, 2, or 3, which is fertile soil, it can't have a solar farm. 4 and above can, but they say... He, he is concerned and he wanted us to address this. He says that the government still, you know, they're cutting rates, but they're still signing solar contracts at above average per kilowatt hour price. Even the local council had no idea this company was planning a site in their jurisdiction. And apparently the government is not signing contracts larger than 500 kilowatts or uh, 0.5 megawatts. There's a moratorium on them at this time. But he thought it would be interesting um, If we talked about this, because he would have thought that they'd stop their Green Energy Act process, but apparently not so much. So could we talk about it? Absolutely, we could talk about it. And what we thought we'd do is we'd get Todd Smith, who's a PC energy critic on the show. Todd, welcome to the program. Hi, Kelly. So I don't know if you heard a little bit of that lead in, but um, out near Coburg, it seems that there are still some solar um, farms going in. What do you know about that? Uh, Well, there's still wind and solar that are being a Approved or at least making their way through the system. Um, today actually is the next phase for the FIT-5 program or the feed-in tariff program. So um, by the next phase, I mean it was the last chance for um, companies to pull out of the process if they didn't think that they were going to get their project built. Otherwise, they would be considered for uh, future uh, development in Ontario. And clearly, we don't need uh, the extra electricity. We have more than enough capacity in the system now to meet the current demand in Ontario because a lot of our manufacturing base, which uses the most electricity, has picked up and headed elsewhere. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about this is if that land, if the farmer says that he he's, comes from a family of multi-generational uh, working farmers and that that land he actually used to rent and farm himself, which makes it, I would imagine, agricultural one or two or three, uh, deeming it not fit to have a solar farm on it. And I'm just wondering, you know, it seems interesting that the liberals, you know, put together this arbitrary green belt. We have a problem with housing costs right now in and around the GTA, yet we're allowing um, a solar farm to go in on on property that actually could be farmed. It's it's just another one of those things where you think, are they going to look at this green belt, which was, you know, pretty much an arbitrary thing and uh, and and revise that? 
Yeah, it, it really is an interesting dynamic, and it's something that's not just happening happening in the Coburg area. It's happening right across the province. I know uh, in the Marmara area, which is in my riding, uh, there were folks in the neighborhood who were facing the same kind of situation where a, a solar farm was being pushed into the community, which was an unwilling host community. Actually, Marmara was a willing host community, but a lot of the neighbors in the area were saying, that land is being farmed. It's prime agriculture yeah. land. And, and there's, there's some question as to, um, uh, you know, why these uh, solar panels are going on land. In the case of Coburg, which is in the Greenbelt, what we've seen is the Green Energy Act has actually uh, superseded a lot of the provincial acts that were in place. So um, when Dalton McGinty and George Smitherman and Kathleen Wynne drew up the Green Energy Act, uh, they took out all of the planning authority for local municipalities. So if you're the town of Coburg and you want to have uh, a Tim Hortons, or, or at least uh, the owner of a Tim Hortons wants to build one at the corner of Main Street and Front Street, you have to go to the municipal council to get approval and go through the whole planning process. With the Green Energy Act, none of that takes place anymore. The municipalities didn't have any say on whether or not these uh, projects went up in in, uh, in their communities. So would you have to go to the province then? Yeah, they, they, they were just given the green light by the Ministry of Natural Resources or the Ministry of Environment. So, I mean, there is a process that they go through, but the municipalities weren't a part of that. That was one of the, uh, the first uh, bills that I brought into the legislature, actually, in 2011, which would have been restoring the Planning Act uh, to municipalities that had it stripped away as a result of the Green Energy Act. I called it the mm-hmm. Local Municipality Democracy Act because in my riding, and many people in uh, the listening area of your uh, radio broadcast will know Prince Edward County, uh, Prince Edward County is an unwilling host community, yet they've had two wind turbine projects, uh, you know, forced on them, and if not for community activism and, and volunteers raising hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight their own government in court, uh, those wind turbines would be up right now producing electricity when we don't need it and at a very expensive rate. Uh, You know, should they be allowing, I want to know then, should they be allowing these to go through after they've admitted it was a mistake yesterday? No, they shouldn't. And I mean, that's the whole, that's the appalling thing to me is that with this latest liberal scheme, they haven't addressed uh, the soaring cost of electricity in the scheme. Um, All they've done is taken the cost of all of these generation projects, and Mm. when I talk about generation, I mean renewable energy projects and gas-fired projects and nuclear projects, and extended it over a much longer period of time, um, and giving us uh, a break on our electricity bills, a small break on our electricity bills when you factor in how much they've gone up under this plan, Um, and then three years from now... uh, utility or electricity customers are going to have to start paying for uh, the huge increases again. So three years from now, we're going to see whopping increases. And we're starting to hear that from uh, third-party groups like the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. While they're happy uh, that they're going to get a small uh, reduction right now, they're worried that it's going to be passed on to the next generation of small business owners and residents. Kathleen Wynn's doing damage control today. She's calling around. She's actually calling constituents and she's saying, we hear you. We hear you uh, answering, you know, questions. One of the questions is, uh, you know, what what are you going to do about the hydro executive salaries and how, you know, extremely high these are? And she said, well, you know, they have a cap. Uh, so what would you do about the hydro executive salaries? 
Well, you know, we, we actually uh, recommended three things that, that Kathleen Wynne do. Uh, the Liberals keep saying, well, the PCs don't have a plan. We actually recommended three pretty solid uh, policy uh, items that they should have considered, and they didn't include any of them in their announcement yesterday, and we've been talking about them for a year. Okay, but, what, what are they? Maybe remind us here, refresh okay, well, our memory. Well, one was uh, stopping the sale of Hydro One shares immediately. Number two was stop putting expensive renewable energy contracts on the grid, which they're continuing to move on to the next phase in the FIT5 program today. Mm-hmm. And three was dealing with executive compensation and finding efficiencies at places like Hydro One and OPG and not giving out these massive multi-million dollar increases that were proposed a couple of weeks ago. Stop giving the, the Hydro One CEO $4 million in compensation when his counterparts in Quebec and B.C. and other provinces is making $450,000, so 10 times more almost in Ontario. And people just shake their heads because they think, well, he's, they're not doing good jobs when we're paying more. They do not deserve more of our money. You know, you talk about the, you know, today was the, the deadline for the FIT5 program. Admittedly, I don't know much about the FIT5 program, but I, but that is the, the green energy programs that, that have to go through. Is that correct? The, the ones that yeah, they, the deals definitely. they've already made? Right. It, do you think this, her announcement yesterday was timed so that we wouldn't be talking about this uh, deadline today for these other green projects that are going to start? No, I don't think so. I think, I think this was just a desperate move uh, by a desperate premier uh, and a desperate government uh, that knows that the electricity crisis that they created because of the Green Energy Act is going to kill them in the next election if they didn't do something about it. When was the last time you heard this kind of outrage on any subject? Um, If there was outrage, it was always about the state of our hospitals or our health care system or our education system. But the number one issue on the lips of Ontario voters today is electricity. Everywhere you go, it's having a negative impact. And it's all on the backs of this Liberal government. So they were desperate to do something about it. All they've done is created a multi-billion dollar band-aid that they hope is going to get them through the election period. But three years from now, it's going to end up costing uh, all those businesses, all those residents, all those institutions a lot more for their electricity. Well, you know what's going to be next? It's going to be housing costs. That's the next thing they're going to have to address because we're finding out that in the 905 today, Treb released some numbers, we're at uh, $1.1 million. That's fine if you own a home in the 905. But as Chris said, here in the city, it's about $1.5 million. You know, when you sell your house, you'd like to move up, but you can't, you know, because it's so uh, expensive. And I'm going to blame a lot of that on the greenbelt, on this arbitrary greenbelt. That is that is going through, which speaks directly to that original email I got from that listener who says a farmer's upset because there's farmable land that is going to be the home for a solar farm. And, you know, there's a lot of unfarmable land in that green belt that they said, hey, yeah, it's right off the 401. Yeah, we'll get people farming it. Really? I think they have to address that. No, I understand the frustration um, because I've experienced it in my own community. So um, it just doesn't make any sense. The government gave full power uh, to put these unneeded power projects up and then bulldoze through their own legislation, whether it's the Endangered Species Act or things like the Greenbelt Act or other acts. The projects are moving ahead willy-nilly, and uh, we don't need them. But uh, at the same time, they're making a lot of liberal friends rich. So uh, that's that's what's happening. That's the state of uh, the electricity system in the province. A lot of people are saying Kathleen Wynne, actually, she's a, she's a good politician. 
and she can actually, her announcement yesterday upset a lot of people, but that she will turn this around. You know, the PCs are looking good in the polls. What are your thoughts? Do you think Kathleen Wynne has, you know, enough experience as a politician to weasel her way out of this and get back in? Well, uh, we're certainly not taking anything for granted. Uh, She is a fighter. There's no question about that. But uh, she's pretty darn low in the polls these days. And, you know, what she's done is pulled out uh, a $25 to $40 billion Band-Aid that the taxpayers, that ratepayers are going to pay for to try and bail them out in their next election campaign. I think a lot of uh, voters, a lot of people in Ontario are seeing through this that they're actually funding the next Liberal election campaign. So you guys have a plan and you're set uh, for if you guys get in in the next election. Yeah, well, absolutely. And then and, and we talked about those three priority areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more to come and it's going to be coming very, very soon. Uh, we wanted to see what the Liberals were going to do to try and clean up their own mess. They didn't do the heavy lifting that was necessary. They're just making our kids and our grandkids actually pay for the power that we're using today, which is completely unacceptable. Well, I appreciate you joining us on the show today, Todd. Thank you so much. Anytime, Kelly. Take All care. right. Todd Smith is the PC Energy Critic, and Glenn Tibbolt's going to be on the show with Oakley today at 4 o'clock. He's the Energy Minister. So he'll be uh, doing a lot of explaining, I guess. Hey, Lucy, you got some explaining to do.